Welcome to Proven Improbable, where we deliver mining insights and bullion sales in the form of physical delivery, offshore depositories, and private blockchain distributed ledger technology. Welcome to Proven Improbable, where we deliver mining insights and bullion sales. I'm your host, Maurice Jackson. Joining us for a conversation is legendary investor Rick Rule of Sprott USA. Mr. Rule, welcome to the show. Pleasure, Maurice. Thank you for having me back. Always the honor to have you join us. Rick, I would like to begin our discussion with the research and analysis your team is always conducting regarding the deep values and discounts for speculators in the natural resource space. And so I would like to begin with base metals. Which ones have Sprott's attention and why? You know, the whole candidate, the, the, the whole sort of um, sector has our attention in the sense that uh, expenditures in exploration and mine development have been constrained for a very long time. And if those aren't addressed, you will begin to see sort of epic supply destruction take place. Supply destruction is a circumstance in a depleting business like a resource business where if you don't make some significant um, sustaining capital investments, your ability to produce uh, is constrained. So as an example, in the zinc markets, uh, in the copper markets, in the nickel markets, certainly in the uranium markets, uh, we have a circumstance where at current prices, there's no incentive for new production. Uh, and assuming that at least demand holds steady, even if it doesn't increase, we're heading into a period where demand increases, uh, pardon me, exceeds supply. And of course, that traditionally yields higher prices. So we're attracted to the whole space. The only thing that makes us a little cautious about the space is that the uh, the economic recovery that we're in is nine years old now. I'm not an economist. I'm a credit analyst. But in my in my experience, nine years is a relatively long economic recovery. And should the economic recovery begin to fade at the same time that uh, supply concerns emerge, demand might uh, might reduce too. But on balance, we're still very attracted to those industries. As you know, Maurice, several of those industries, in particular uh, copper and uranium, have treated Sprott extremely well in the last 30 years. Yeah, they certainly have. And correct me if I'm wrong, you were referencing demand here. The world is going to be consuming about, uh, what, in the next 25 years, at a compounded growth rate of 3% annually, more copper. Uh, and that's also going to meet with uh, historic records of consumption. More than all of recorded history, we're going to have more copper consumed in the next 25 years. Is that correct? I believe what you say is true. Uh, I believe what you say is true. If we head into a period of global economic uh, contraction, uh, those forecasts might not be true for all of our sakes. Mm -hmm. uh, I hope it is true, of course. The, uh, you know, the big demand driver in the last decade, Maurice, was uh, the urbanization and industrialization of China. Some 30 years ago, Deng Xiaoping said to be to become rich is glorious, uh, and that unleashed an amazing amount of uh, productivity and really an amazing amount of uh, human happiness. And the key to the ongoing base metals move, boom is the increase in living standards among the two billion people in the world who are poorest. Uh, their urbanization, their industrialization. There are other themes that are important too, like the electrification of Western economies and of course electric vehicles. But what really drives demand is the bottom of the demographic pyramid. When you and I get more money, 
we already have too much stuff. We might buy some service. In other words, our consumption is not commodities weighted. But when poor people get more money, uh, they're able to feed their families more food. They're able to upgrade all of their material living standards. And it's important that the ascent of man, uh, the ascent of the poorest one-third of humanity, continue apace in order for industrial materials and base metals to do well. Moving on to physical precious metals, which precious metals does Sprott view as being most undervalued? I think it depends on who you are within Sprott. <laughs> uh, if you're an old guy like me, interested in insurance, you own gold. Uh, gold has done well through a millennium in terms of being a store of value and insurance against the idiocies of the ways that we vote as a collective. Now, traditionally, of course, when the gold price has done well, the silver price does even better. It's called poor man's gold for a reason. The unit costs are lower, and when gold begins to perform, speculators gravitate to silver because it's a cheaper, more volatile uh, vehicle at the same time that poor people gravitate, gravitate towards it because it is a store of value that they, that it, that they can afford. Uh, at the end of the spectrum, of course, the platinum group metals, platinum and palladium, which function both as uh, precious metals and stores of value, but also as industrial materials that have lots and lots and lots of utility uh, sort of on their own. I suspect if you looked as against historic norms that the most undervalued of the family of base metals is, of course, platinum. And I just want to correct you uh, for precious metals, not base metals. But yes, thank you. I, no, I'm sorry. Marcus. No, no worries. <laughs> How about the extraction of precious metals? Does Sprott favor the miners or the junior miners? Well, I think, again, that depends on uh, who the customer is. Uh, we, have, we have customers that are general market securities investors for whom we buy the biggest of the big and the safest of the safe, the sort of Franco Nevadas of the world. Our reputation has been built on much more speculative names. There's a uh, information disequilibrium, meaning that there isn't much information available about companies in the sub-billion or even sub-hundred million market cap space. And traditionally, Sprott has outcompeted its competitors precisely in that space. Uh, that's information that's worthwhile for investors and speculators who can take the risk in the smaller, more volatile names. Certainly, I can say to you without qualification, Maurice, that all of the money I invest today, sensibly, I made by speculating. And so my, at heart, I'm still a speculator. You reference Franco Nevada. Are the royalty and streaming companies trading at a discount or a premium? They're trading at a premium to the rest of the market, but I would argue that they deserve to be trading at a premium. Uh, mining companies, through cycles, the good ones, uh, have traded on sort of operating margins in the 12 to 15 percent range, while the better royalty and streaming companies trade at 65 percent operating margins. They don't have sustaining capital investments like the, made, like the mining companies do. So this combination of better markets and lower sustaining capital investments means that they, they deserve to trade at a multiple. They are trading at... Um, less multiples than I think that they deserve because many of many believers, many observers, many investors believe that the period of uh, rapid growth is behind us in particular for the streaming companies. But I disagree with that. Uh, streams, which are prepayments for metal, which is delivered over time, uh, 
are becoming a really important uh, financing mechanism in new mine construction and also an important financing mecha- uh, mechanism in the mergers and acquisition boom, which is already taking over the precious metals mining business. So we believe a combination of the fact that these are superior businesses from a capital employed basis and from a return on capital employed basis, combined with the fact that there are billions of dollars worth of transactions that will need to be completed in the next five years that will benefit the streaming companies at the same time that they benefit the companies that sell the stream, means that the best five years that we've seen in the streaming business are ahead of rather than behind us. Oh, very interesting. Rick, let's discuss the project generators, also known as the prospect generators, which provide speculators exposure to base metals, precious metals, and royalties. From a valuation perspective, are they at a discount? The prospect generators are trading at a substantial discount. Um, I would suggest maybe even historic discounts. The speculative money in the space doesn't seem to be able to differentiate between sole risk exploration, that is funding exploration projects with your own balance sheet, and knowledge businesses like prospect generators. The truth is, Maurice, you've heard me cite this statistic before. The um, probability of success in sole risk exploration is somewhere between one in a thousand and one in three thousand. By contrast, I have now invested in, I believe, 66 or 67 prospect generators in a 35-year career, and I've enjoyed 22 economic successes and 21 takeovers, meaning that I've been successful in about 30% of my outings, where the expectation would be one in a thousand. This incredible uh, superiority of business model has gone completely, completely unnoticed by the market, much to my delight. Rick, before we leave the natural resource space, introduce us to Sprout Inc. and the merits of being a shareholder. Well, I uh, I can't speak to the merits of everyone being a shareholder because, of course, I don't uh, know all of your audience. I can say from my own perspective, and as you know, Maurice, I'm the largest shareholder now of Sprout Inc., The attractiveness to me is that Sprott Inc. does only resources. We don't try to be all things to all people. We have concentrated on an area that's out of favor, an area that's out of favor where every prior time in my life that it's been out of favor, it returned to favor. Sprott's market share offering financial services to investors in natural resources and also to natural resource issuers grows and grows and grows, even as our competitors shrink or in some cases die. We have managed to stay profitable as a firm during a a bear market that has seen equity valuations in the small cap resource space fall by more than 80%. In other words, while most of our competitors have died, we have continued to thrive. We have a very strong balance sheet. We manage or administer over $10 billion in assets, um, which is a lot in the junior resource space. And importantly, uh, we pay uh, a very healthy dividend. At today's share prices, I think the dividend is around 4%. If you were to buy uh, you know, a broad-based natural resources mutual fund, you'd probably be paying 125 basis points. That is one and a quarter percent management fee. If you buy Sprott, which gives you the same diversification, we pay you a 4% dividend. So it's pretty compelling arithmetically, uh, even aside from all of the other... 
even aside from all of the other benefits that you might see uh, owning Sprott. And just for our audience members, the stock symbol for Sprott Inc. is SII, and on the OTC is SPOXF. Let's transition the focus on the conversation from Sprott USA to Rick Rule. I'm often asked, Maurice, do you know what Rick is buying? And it's a valid question, but I would be more inclined to find out what you're buying, when you're buying it, why you're buying it, and equally on the selling side. So is there a way that I may invest with Rick Rule? There, in fact, is. Uh, I have been asked for investors for years to construct uh, an account product that would buy what I bought and sell what I sold when I bought it and what I sold it. When I sold it, pardon me. The consequence of that is that there is now a Rick Rule managed account uh, where investors will open an account and their orders will be placed concurrently with mine. In other words, you won't buy stuff after I bought it. You won't sell it after I sold it. I'm not going to try and worry about what I think you ought to do as an investor. You have to buy into the fact that you want to do what I do as an investor. So, in fact, uh, every on-market transaction in resources that I do, that is, everything that I do, with the exception of private placements, which I do in private placement partnerships, will take place in the Rick Rule account. I've allocated a million dollars to it personally. Uh, when that money has been uh, fully invested, I'm about 55% in invested now, uh, I'll allocate uh, another million and then a further million. I, I intend to have $3 million invested in this account. And as I say, everything that I do in the small cap natural resource space, I will do in this account. And everybody who opens this Rick Rule managed account will uh, invest simultaneously alongside me. And what are the investment themes here? There are three investment themes currently, but I need to say, Maurice, this is what I do with my own money. So as the ideas that I think are attractive will change, the, uh, the account will change too. The themes that I find attractive right now and, and the three themes that I'm pursuing aggressively as we speak are, in the first instance, mergers and acquisitions. We're seeing a, a really unprecedented wave of mergers and acquisition in the mining and gold mining business. The um, Barrick Randgold merger, the Newmont Gold Corp merger, the takeover of Tahoe by Pan American, the very recent acquisition uh, of uh, by Santa Barbara of Atlantic. So, trying to determine companies that are strategic to other companies and sell at a valuation discount. I think is going to be a wonderful way to make money in the next 18 months. And this mergers and acquisition boom really benefits everybody. It benefits the people who buy the companies that are acquired because, of course, they get the normal premium in the takeover. But a strategic acquisition benefits the buyer as well as the seller, which is important to know. Larger companies with larger market capitalizations and more trading liquidity trade at higher share prices. In other words, they enjoy a lower cost of capital. In a circumstance where you're in a capital-intensive business, that's a definable competitive advantage. Also, the general and administrative expense in large companies tends to be lower relative to the assets under administration than smaller companies. So they become more management efficient. So for every reason, we are paying attention to the mergers and acquisition business. Right now, focusing on the companies that are likely to be acquired by other companies. In a year or two, focusing on smaller companies that will be able to buy redundant assets that are sold as a consequence of the earlier 
uh, merger and acquisition activities. You will recall, I think, Maurice, uh, in the last acquisition cycle, several wonderful companies, but particularly Lumina Copper, were put together as a consequence of buying assets that were redundant to larger, com larger companies, but made the acquiring company an absolute fortune. In the case of Lumina, our good friend Ross Beatty spent about $100 million over six or seven years and built a company that he was able to sell for $1.6 billion. Truly spectacular performance. And we're looking to be able to repeat that somewhere, somehow. I'm also interested in royalty and streaming for the reasons I talked about before. The royalty and streaming businesses offer great margins and they're, they're headed into a sweet spot in terms of their producing, uh, pardon me, in, in terms of their ability to grow by financing small companies in both mergers and acquisition and mine construction. We think as many as $5 billion a year worth of transactions could take place over the last five years. And the knock against these companies that they can't grow, we think is a very, very unfounded knock. So we're owning the royalty and streaming companies and looking to increase our positions there, not merely in mining, but also, by the way, in the oil and gas space. And finally, uh, I'm extremely interested in the more speculative parts of my speculative accounts in generative exploration, in particular, the prospect generating companies that we talked about earlier in this interview. So those are the three areas that I'm currently concentrating on. But I'll give you an exclusive, Maurice. Uh, I'm looking very closely at a fourth area of act activity. You uh, know that I actually grew up in the oil and gas business. I'm very comfortable with it. I'm very fond of it. Uh, right now, we see incredible opportunities in the small cap Canadian oil and gas space. We see that because oil and gas commodities in Canada are underpriced relative to the US as a consequence of politically inspired pipeline capacity constraints outside of Alberta. The Canadians have done a very odd thing in the context of voting for increased poverty in Canada. Uh, provincially, of course, the socialists were in place in Alberta, the NDP, and mercifully for everybody, they were thrown out of office. The last political uh, obstacle to the oil and gas business in Canada is, of course, federally uh, in Ottawa where Justin Trudeau, who is notoriously anti-energy as prime minister. I believe that there is a 60% chance that Mr. Trudeau will be allowed to pursue other employment acti uh, activities in October. And if that happens, it wouldn't <laughs> surprise me to see the small cap oil and gas equities uh, up by 30 or 35% just as a consequence of uh, Mr. Trudeau being thanked and excused. So I see a situation where the industry is well run, hated, undervalued with the possibility, in fact, the probability of a circumstance in place that could cause it to revalue upwards. So we're looking at sort of 15 different names, hoping to find the best five to populate a Canadian oil and gas sleeve in the Rick Rule Managed Account. Rick, you have a way with words that I don't know will ever be matched, but uh, <laughs> what a unique value proposition that this Sprott Rule Managed Account presents to uh, speculators. Switching gears, on the 29th of July through the 2nd of August, the Sprott Natural Resource Symposium will be held at the historic Fairmont Hotel in beautiful downtown Vancouver, British Columbia. Rick, you couldn't pick a better time or place for this world-class event that brings the biggest names and minds in the space all together at once. Rick, who will be some of the featured speakers at this year's symposium? 
Well, Maurice, you have a way with words, too. <laughs> We're very, very fond of our speakers. Uh, people get invited back uh, to speak uh, that have wowed the crowd at earlier conferences. The crowd is run, uh, pardon me, the conference is run really by the attendees. We have some new guests this year. Uh, Naomi Prinz, who I'm a huge fan of personally, will be speaking on the sort of big picture of politics and economics, as well uh, Daniela Martino Booth. Uh, our old friend Jim Rickards is coming back. Doug Casey will be there, of course. But you know, the speakers that really, really carry the show for me are not the gurus. They're not the big picture thinkers. The speakers that I like the best are entrepreneurs who have built billion dollar companies in the natural resource space and talk about the lessons they learned building those companies and how those lessons drive their own investing and how they can improve you as an investor. To sit and listen to Ross Beatty describe how he built Pan American Silver how he built Lumina Copper, to hear um, Bob Quartermain describe how he built Silver Standard, how he built Predium, to hear Rob McEwen talk about his successes, uh, to hear Robert Friedland, the most successful mining financier of my generation, uh, is really an opportunity that you only come across at the Sprott Conference. And I would say that the real defining characteristic of the Sprott Conference is a plethora of people who have built billion-dollar companies from scratch telling you how they did it and why those lessons are important to you. You know, and, and all of that I, I can't, uh, you know, discredit. But equally important, I find as well, from a personal experience, Rick, has to be the attendees. I find that the, the, the intellectual capital and experiences they bring is of equal value. Talk to us about that. Well, that's a, that's a wonderful comment, Maurice, and you're, you're improving as a value investor, I must say. You know, they're going to be sort of 700 high net worth people who are contrarian enough to want to come to a resource conference when all of their competition uh, <laughs> is in the <laughs> cannabis business on the corner. Uh, this is a high quality group of people. The idea that all of the knowledge in the conference emanates from the dais out to the crowd is silly. Uh, there's going to be 700 hardworking rich people there uh, following them around, listening to their questions, comparing notes with them. Very, very important. Uh, you know, as I say, the conference is actually, for us, um, governed by the attendees. Every good idea I've had in the conference business, and a couple of bad ones too, uh, have, come, have come to me from the attendees. Uh, they're a really special lot of people. Ladies and gentlemen, this is truly a world-class event. To register for the Sprott Natural Resource Symposium, simply visit our homepage and click on the icon here, Sprott Natural Resource Symposium and then click on the registration tab. Before we close, in previous interviews, I've referenced how I would listen to an interview like this and apply this buckshot approach to adding companies into my portfolio, and that is not a prudent way to speculate. Does Sprott still offer a free grading of one's natural resource portfolio? We absolutely do. I love talking to your listeners, Maurice. They're a great group of folks. All somebody has to do is email me personally, rule. that's R-R-U-L-E, at SprottGlobal.com. It's important, because I'm an old guy, not technically sophisticated, that you put in the body of the email the name and symbol uh, of every company in your resource portfolio, and I will grade those on a 1 to 10 scale, 1 being den uh, best, 10 being worst, and also make comments where it's appropriate, and send it back by return email. This is, of course, 
an inducement to get you to talk to me so that I can talk you into coming to the Sprott Vancouver Natural Resource Investment Symposium. But notice that unlike other advertisers, I'm giving value for your attention. And to assist in streamlining those emails, we ask that you please put proven and probable in the subject line. Last question, Rick, what did I forget to ask? You know, I think that was a, I think that was a pretty thorough discussion. Um, probably in subsequent interviews, uh, we, I don't think we have time today, but I, you know, I think we should revisit a theme that we talked about five years ago, which is Pareto's law and the unequal distribution of management talent and investment talent in the population. The fact that if 80% of utility is generated by 20% of the population, then arithmetically 64% or something is generated by 4% and 40% is generated by 1%. And the importance of aligning yourself as an investor with the 1% of uh, populations that have the best outcome in any given activity. Uh, I think that's an extremely important topic and I look forward to discussing it with you in the future. Certainly will. And I remember that discussion in 2015 at the Oxford Club Investment U Conference. I remember that specifically. For additional inquiries about today's discussion in Sprott USA and for all their products and services, please visit www.sprottusa.com or call 800-477-7853. That number again is 800-477-7853. Finally, we invite you to visit us at Proven and Probable. We deliver mining insights and bullion sales. Rick Rule of Sprott USA, thank you for joining us today on Proven and Probable. Always a pleasure. Thank you, Maurice. Thank you, sir. The information presented on Proven and Probable is provided for educational and informational purposes only, without any express or implied warranty of any kind, including warranties of accuracy, completeness, or fitness for any particular purpose. The information is not intended to be and does not constitute financial, investment, or trading advice, or any other advice. You should not make any financial, investment, or trading decision based on any of the information presented without first undertaking independent due diligence and consultation with a professional broker or competent financial advisor.